kids-first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and today we'll be talking about Thor Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. First, let's talk with Ethan, Tiana, and Jude about Thor Love and Thunder. How are you guys today? Fine, are you? I'm good. <laughs> okay, now let's get into this nitty-gritty Marvel film. Number one, I watched the trailer for this film, and honestly, guys, I did not like it at all. I didn't like the trailer. So I want to know <laughs> your initial um, reactions, if you guys have watched the trailer and how that um, compared to the actual film. Tiana, do you want to start off? Yes. Yeah, so I did watch the trailer. That's part of what made me want to review it. I mean, I thought I thought it was good, like not only just watching it, but even from the trailer, uh, I thought it was going to be good. I mean, you can't really just judge anything really by a cover or in this case by a trailer i mean (laughs) i feel like most times with marvel movies i feel like every little thing could kind of be a spoiler so there's probably not much Ah. that they can put into the trailer because they have so much going on that revolves around the bigger plot of it there's really not much to work with when it comes to (laughs) watching the trailer so i definitely think that the movie was amazing, uh, especially from watching it. Ethan, what your initial reaction was to the trailer of Thor Love and Thunder and how that matched up with the film? Well, when I saw the trailer and how he was he was training like to lose weight with like these huge 20,000 pound anchor chains, <laughs> I was laughing because it was so funny. <laughs> and like there's so many good songs in here from back in like the 80s, like all these rock songs. And when I took my dad to the movie theater to watch it, he was like jamming out the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's interesting. I love how we have that transition from where we left off really from not only from really Thor Ragnarok, where we saw him, um, you know, gaining weight. That was so interesting. Okay, cool. I'm I'm liking that he lost the weight. That's good for him. Cool. And and Jude, I want to get your perspective on this too, because um, I have this opinion because I watched the trailer for... Um, the recent Doctor Strange film, mm-hmm. the trailer for that, and then I did not like the film at all. So I definitely want your take on this. Well, yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I agree with Tiana about the whole thing about how you can't judge a film by its cover and the cover being the trailer. Um, but I actually think it's really interesting in this case because I felt like with with the Thor Love and Thunder advertising and trailers kind of felt a little bit like i don't want to use the word false advertising but something a lot like that um mm-hmm. a big example of that is that it kind of gave the idea that like the asgard like the guardians of the galaxy were going to be in a film quite a yeah. lot um it like they basically but in reality they only ended up being in the film for like a solid like 10 minutes and it felt like they just took that scene and chopped it up and put it throughout the trailer like a, a, a bunch of times so it kind of advertised like that whole group of characters were going to be in throughout the movie, which probably would add, add a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy fans to go see the new Thor movie. But um, 
I felt like the trailer kind of promoted that, but in reality disappointed on that aspect, um, which kind of brought a large sense of disappointment leaving the film. So I just felt like the trailer kind of gave out messy expectations for what you were thinking going, going into the film. That's an interesting take. Thank you for that. And Secondly, I want to really talk about how this film really fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, is it right after, um, you know, in timeline wise, is it right after the Doctor Strange movie? Is it right after the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie? So, Tiana, could you share a little bit about how that how this fits into the entire universe? Yes. So this movie is kind of weird because I watched the third Thor movie, uh, Ragnarok. And at the end, uh, at least from what I can remember, I watched like all the movies backwards, but <laughs> that one, uh, from what I remember, did have a part at the end that should have led into the fourth movie. But this actually takes place after the Avengers Endgame. So like at the beat, uh, like this isn't a spoiler, but uh, somewhere when they're kind of talking about Thor, they were showing how he was working out because remember he was like really fat. Well, if you watch the Endgame movie, he was like really fat and had gained a lot of weight and stuff. So they kind of showed his process of like going down. So I was like, oh, I mean, it would help to watch the other movies to kind of get an understanding. I did that personally, but this takes place after the Endgame movie. Interesting. And Jude, how do you feel that this film fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially since there's a lot of talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe really coming to a slight end? Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting because the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of hit its peak with Endgame um, because that was what um, mm -hmm. like 22 movies and 10 years of filmmaking all led to. So now we're kind of just like exploring the universe with no like end goal. But of course, you know Marvel and they're always planning to build towards something, which always post credit scenes and always little Easter, Easter eggs that hint towards other movies. So um, Far Love Thunder, it, it took place after Endgame. It was, it was a good continuation of Thor's storyline. Um, but at some point, I think Marvel's got to focus on what they're currently showing us and not what they're going to be showing us in three, two years, whatever they're hinting at which I kind of felt like was an issue for Thor Love and Thunder because um, some plot lines felt like they were just using it to establish something for a later movie and not really focusing on like the current movie that, that they were showing us. Um, so I feel like Marvel always building towards something is a good thing, but that certain parts, they kind of forget they're showing us firsthand, which was kind of a flaw that Thor Love and Thunder um, faced largely. Yeah. Oh, can I say something really quick? Sure. Yeah, of course. Go. I do. I do agree with what you said about how they kind of added certain aspects. And it's the same that I had personally, like with the Doctor Strange movie, even like how they kind of just like add parts in to kind of make the movie, if that makes yeah. sense. They don't really just do it in terms of the storyline. I mean, some parts didn't really have to be there. I mean, personally, I actually saw it twice, so I liked it. Um, even though it's kind of weird the second time, I feel like I liked it better. Like it's one of the movies where it's like you think you want to see it a second time. And then when you do, it's kind of like, uh, it's not really <laughs> it's not really worth it watching it twice. But I still enjoyed it. I mean, I was there with my friends the second time. But I definitely agree how they probably could have like changed up certain things or um, like added less to it. 
All right. Thank you guys so much for that take. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And right now, we're talking with Ethan, Tiana, and Jude about Thor Love and Thunder. So now let's get back right into the question. So again, I'm only going based off the trailer. Unfortunately, that's the only thing that I have in mind, and I'm getting great info from you guys. So based on the trailer, I saw a really, honestly, a shift in... Thor's place being taken by his love interest, which I thought was very, very interesting. So without, obviously without any spoilers, without any big Marvel spoilers, uh, can you tell me a little bit about how Thor, um, Thor's relationship with his love interests are shifting in this um, film, especially since it looks like there's like a power struggle. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, let me know. Um, Jude, do you want to start off? Yeah, sure. Um, well, of course, the main love interest um, throughout um, the film is with um, Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, who plays the mighty Thor um, during this film. And I wouldn't call it a power imbalance. I just think it's like a new kind of sense of power because Thor isn't um, used to uh, seeing anybody else wield the same amount of power that he does. Um, which kind of adds like, a whole new element to their relationship because they had a relationship um, back in the day and slowly that relationship died out and they went their separate ways. So them seeing each other again, plus the newfound of power that Jane has, it just mixes for a very entertaining um, and interesting uh, relationship fix between them, which we see all throughout the film. Interesting. And Tiana, I want to ask you, when it comes to, when I look at a Thor movie, no matter what it is, um, I'm always looking forward to the comedy. Was the comedy in this film? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> there was definitely a lot of comedy. Um, one thing I was going to say before was that I loved, especially like the last two films, uh, this one and then the Ragnarok. And those are actually both directed by uh, Taika Waititi and I love his films like well mainly those two I've seen him in another film but I feel like he just has like a funny aspect to him and it definitely brought a lot of comedy to this film it brought a lot of uh there were there was a lot of humor throughout it like even watching it the second time I know I say it was a little off but it was still funny <laughs> I mean all the characters are just great in terms of their relationship with each other and there's always just something crazy something funny something cool going on so I definitely think the comedy was brought out in this film you know what I I love him directing so much I'm glad that you mentioned that I didn't know that he directed Ragnarok that that makes so much sense he's hilarious oh I can't wait to watch this film now (laughs) (laughs) Ethan how did you how did you like the, the humor in this film it was one of the funniest films I've ever watched. <laughs> Chris, really? Hem- like Chris Hemsworth is one of my favorite actors. And it's so funny. Uh, there's like this one scene towards like the beginning-ish where uh, he's helping like these blue aliens. And he kind of like rips off his uh, cloak because he's like meditating. But they, uh, the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy needed his help. So he kind of like rips off his cloak and like music starts and he like made an outfit kind of. And like he just starts destroying everybody <laughs> and he does like the funniest things ever. So we're going to go to some final questions. Tiana, can you give me an age and star rating? 
Yeah, so I give this film five out of five stars. And like I said, this was an amazing film, but it does touch on like a lot of different topics, um, like relationships, specifically like LGBTQ plus and things like that, and like cancer. And I so I recommend it for kids ages 12 to 18 plus adults. And there also is like a brief nudity scene. It's not like extremely bad, but <laughs> Just something for parents to watch out for. But definitely go watch this. It's in theaters now. It's amazing. All right. And Jude, can you give me an age and star rating? Yeah, uh, I would give it three out of five stars. Uh, and I'd recommend it for ages uh, 12 to 18 plus adults. Um, just the film's tone kind of felt messy. Um, couldn't really find its footing, which kind of led it to be confusing. Like, it was super comedic at times. But then Christian Bale's character, or the God Butcher, seriously did not hold back and is quite terrifying. So that's why I'd recommend it for ages 12 and up. Ethan? Well, I definitely, definitely <laughs> give it a five stars because this is one of the best movies. Oh, and wow. I'd, I'd say 13 and over because there is like a little bit of dark humor. <laughs> Just a tiny <laughs> bit. And it's already out. It came out July 8th. So you can watch this in theaters now. All right. Thank you guys so much. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ashley Fly from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking to Kids First reporters about Thor Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Next, we're listening to interview with Alba Batista on Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I'm Ecologist, you know, reporting for Kids First, 
And today I'm here with Alba Baptista to talk about her new film, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. The Portuguese-born Miss Baptista is known for her work on Warrior Nun, Fatima, Patrick, and many more. She has a leading role playing Natasha opposite Isabel Hubert and Leslie Manville in the new feature film, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, so my first question for you is, what can you share about um, becoming interested in joining this cast? Well, it, it was a it was a pretty easy decision. <laughs> Once I read Leslie Manville and Isabelle Huppert, um, there was that was a no brainer. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, yeah. Um, so Natasha, she makes a major change in this film thanks to the influence of Miss Harris. So. Can you relate to Natasha in any ways? I, I yes, I suppose I could relate to the um, to the contradiction of of enjoying the creative process of the industry that you work in, but struggling with the exposition of it. Um, I think there's a parallel there. Yeah. Um, so that, like, I agree. Yeah. So the next question that I have for you is. Do you think that um, Natasha would have realized who she truly was if it wasn't for Miss Harris coming into her life? Probably eventually. I think she already knows once she once we once we meet her in the movie. Um, she's probably already known years before we meet her, um, but most likely would have taken her a longer time to uh, snap out of it. Yeah, I think like Natasha, she really. Um, came into herself though, once Miss Harris came and kind of like helped her with that. Yes, just to have a, a selfless, positive female influence in your life can change a lot. Yeah, and so most of the filming was during the pandemic. Was that different? Like how was the filming process? It was uh, all the same except of with lesser social uh environment um you know the, the the cast was a bit more separated from the crew but we were still able to within the cast have some dinners outside of set which was lovely yeah that makes sense things would probably be a little different but pretty similar mm -hmm. um and so the filming began in budapest and then moved to london and paris did that affect how you were filming not so much effect it was just different um filming in paris obviously was a was more um felt more alive the whole film felt more alive but because it wasn't in a studio it was all exteriors we felt we, we we shot near the eiffel tower we we drove around all paris um so so that was quite the experience would you say that was your favorite city to film i think so i think so yes yeah that's but yeah yeah, that seems really like nice and helps you to really get into the character. Yes, that's true. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And right now, we're listening to an interview with Alba Batista on Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. So um, you have a stellar cast of co-stars, Leslie Manville as Miss Harris, um, Jason Isaacs as Archie and Lucas Bravo as 
Andre Faville, who is your love interest. So can you share any fun memories from set with this cast, either on or off set? Well, again, on set, there was not a lot of, they, they did separate us as most as they could <laughs> because of uh, COVID obviously, but uh, the best memories I have with all of them is is at Leslie's house where where she would host dinners and I would come come earlier and I would cook um, for everyone and that's that would that was a, a lovely experience. Jason Isaacs is a hilarious human being, so he would always be a great entertainer. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun to get to interact with them more. Okay, so my final question for you is, what do you hope that the audience takes away? from the film? Just a good feeling overall, just feeling warm and, um, and positive and happy and just to, to be able to zone off a little bit from life's stressful pockets and uh, yes, to be immersed in this lovely universe. Yeah, I definitely took that away as an audience member myself. Great, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And Thank you for joining me, Alba Baptista. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris releases in theaters July 15th, 2022. I'm Michaela Justino reporting for Kids First. Make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss another one of my reviews or interviews or one of my teammates. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde, and you're listening to Kids First Gummy Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. 
You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are talking about Thor Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And right now, I'm talking with Micah about Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. How are you today, Micah? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So I know that, I've, well, at least I've seen the trailer of this film before, and I thought it was actually pretty good for an animated film in this day and age. So tell me a little bit about the film and how you liked it. I really enjoyed the film. I wasn't really knowing what to expect. I mean, I did see the trailer, but I really like animated films. And I was like, well, this sounds interesting. And the whole martial arts concept is pretty interesting to me too. So the animation really came through and I think it emphasized the storyline of the film. And I really enjoyed it. And I would recommend it for people too. Yeah. Um, and OK, when it comes to fighting and anime, OK, when it comes to dogs, cats, animals really fighting and being animated, sometimes it doesn't look that good. You know, we've seen things like, um, you know, pandas fight and things of that nature. But dogs, how's the animation? How is how did they animate it so that it looks, you know, humane enough, but also like dog enough yeah you know it was like a film where it wasn't really animated to look like a real dog but they have their own characteristics that of a certain dog breed for hank and the cats as well so i think the animation was really well done and while it didn't look like a real cat and dog it still was high quality and made you believe in the story well that's cool and how about the plot of this film? Like, who's our antagonist? Who's our villain? Who's our protagonist? Tell me a little bit more about the characters. So Hank, um, who's in the title, he's the <laughs> protagonist of the film. He really wants to become a great samurai, but he doesn't know how to. So when he gets to the town, Kakamucho, he gets help from an ex-samurai named Jimbo. And he's a cat. So it was, it was a whole hmm. village full of cats and just this one dog so then we have the jimbo who's also one of the protagonists who's trying to help um like save the save the village and i think that all the characters really played a major role i mean in the storyline because they each have their own characteristics and their personality and their own unique look which really made them unique from one another that's interesting. So in the film, did they keep like the stereotype of cats versus dogs? I think, I mean, usually I feel like sometimes it's the dog who ends up winning. But for mm-hmm. this movie, it was really taken over by the cats. You know, like I said, the village was full of cats. And it was just this one dog who had to find his way of making everyone believe that he was on their side and he could actually be great. So I think it didn't really stick to the stereotype where one triumphed over the other, but it changed the storyline where they learned to work together. Okay. That's really cool. And then I also want to know, are there any names of the actors in this film that, you know, some of us may know them? Yes, definitely. I mean, this is a like this movie has a very star-studded cast. So we have mm-hmm. Michael Cera who played Hank, and then we have the famous Samuel L. Jackson who played Jimbo, and they had a really unique um they had very unique 
characteristics and personalities and their scenes together were great. And then we had Mel Brooks, who played the Shogun. We had George Takai, who was in there from Star Trek. So there were just a bunch of great names that people will recognize. And it really makes the film more appealing. That's interesting that you said that, because I was going to ask you the question, because usually when we have a lot of of, you know, like you mentioned, a star-studded cast, usually the film is more cheesy. So was it cheesy or was it good? I think, I don't, not necessarily cheesy. I think it was really good, but I feel like they could have done a little bit more with with all the talented actors they had. I think they could have done a little bit more. I mean, the storyline maybe could have highlighted that a little bit more, but overall, it was a good movie. Great. And then I also want to ask you about the message of this film, because I know we got into like the cats, dogs, um, you know, conversation. So what's the message of this film? It's basically just like that. I mean, everyone deserves to be the chance to have the chance to be great, no matter who you are, what you look like, skin color, body type, anything like that. We all deserve respect and the chance to be who we want to be. Cool. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And right now, I'm talking with Micah about Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And you interviewed a ton of people for this um, movie. So let me know about what was your favorite interview for this? Like, who was your favorite person that you interviewed? And also, um, was the person that you saw on um, in person... Were they the same um, from what you saw on screen? Well, my favorite interviews were definitely Rob Minkoff, who's actually the, the director of the film, and Michael Sarah, because I feel like it was really friendly interviews and they gave me a lot of good answers. And Rob Minkoff, he wasn't in the film, but he definitely had a very lovable personality and seemed very um, excited to talk about the film and Michael Cera, he was definitely kind of like his character. And he was very, he was very um, open to answering questions. And he was very kind and lighthearted. And it felt like he actually like wanted everyone to appreciate what he's done. And I definitely do, just like with Hank. Interesting. And one thing also that I find interesting as well is that when you think of Hank, and actually, I think I've seen the dog before because I've seen the trailer. Hank, is it a female dog or is it a male dog? It's a male. Interesting. Okay, because I I was getting a little confused because you said the name. I was like, wait, hold up. Okay, that's cool. And then also, who is your favorite character in this movie? My favorite character was Emiko, um, who's the little tiny um, child <laughs> cat who was played by Kylie Kuyoka, who I actually spoke to. And she was very strong-willed and smart. And she was actually the only one who really gave Hank a chance and really just wanted the best for the village. And I think Kylie Kuyoka definitely did a great job portraying her. And I feel like she's actually like her character in real life, too. Interesting. And... Honestly, with a whole bunch of superhero films, TV shows, honestly released, honestly, this year, how does this film measure up to all of the ones that have been released? I mean, it's kind of hard to say because some were live action, some mm-hmm. are animated like this one. So you can't, these are like comparing two different things, but sure. I feel like this is definitely a movie 
geared towards younger audiences, but they will enjoy it because it's a very simple plot that you can follow along with. And it has a really a good message that's supposed to be present in today's world that we need to work on. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Samuel L. Jackson's role in this. I saw like a short clip, I believe, on TikTok, and it was hilarious. And I saw a little clip of him behind the scenes. Is throughout the entire film, is there enough comedy within this? Yes, Samuel L. Jackson did a great job with his role. And, you know, he's he's known for his harsh but and sarcastic but also lovable and humorous personality and that definitely shined through through his character Jimbo especially like I said with like one of the scenes the training montage between Jimbo and Hank that definitely showed his personality and it made audiences feel something familiar and it will make them really enjoy the scenes with him more. Cool and so for the final questions I want to ask you What is your age and star rating for this film? And um, where can we see this film? So I recommend this film for ages 7 to 14, although anyone can enjoy young or old because, like I said, it's a great message. And I rate it 4.5 out of 5 stars. You can find it in theaters on July 15th, 2022. All right. Thanks so much, Micah. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking to Kids First reporters about Thor Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, and Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. 
Next, we'll be listening to Micah's interview with the cast and crew of Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. I'm Micah, reporting for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with Michael Sierra, George Takai, Kathy Shim, and Kylie Kuyoka about the upcoming animated martial arts comedy, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, which comes out in theaters July 15th, 2022. I am Micah from Kids First. Thank you for speaking with me today. Hi, Micah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm feeling grand, just like you. (laughs) You have had a very long and successful career, both on the big screen and on television, and that all started doing voice acting, actually. So what specifically attracted you to working on this movie? On this movie? Yes. Well, first of all, it's it's an interesting job. Uh, I like working with my voice. Mm -hmm. I... uh, I grew up in the radio generation Mm -hmm. before television, before computers, before videos. I, my uh, entertainment came only through radio and occasionally Mm -hmm. movies going to the movie houses. So uh, voice was very important to me. My imagination listening to the radio took me to the American West or New York or London or wherever. So that's how I uh, first uh, got my entertainment. And then uh, when I was 17 years old, this producer uh, imported a Japanese sci-fi monster movie. Uh, It was very successful in Japan, and he wanted to dub in English dialogue so Mm -hmm. the American audience could understand it. And he was looking for Japanese voices I don't know what that is, what a Japanese voice is, but he was looking for Japanese voices to uh, 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 dub uh, uh, English dialogue into this movie. And it was challenging because here were these actors on screen speaking in Japanese, and we had dialogue in English that we had to fit to the the lip movement of the actors. So... We had to learn where to breathe and where to go fast and where to slow down to fit the actor's lip movement. And Mm -hmm. that's how my career in voice acting began. It's so great that you can take something that helped you use your imagination, like from your childhood and bring it to other people's childhood and how they're growing up and allow them to use that same type of imagination as well. Exactly. And this movie, Pause of Fury, Legend of Hank is going to be entertaining for the whole family. It's not just for the kiddies. The parents can uh, uh, enjoy it as well. It's funny. It's laugh out loud funny. Uh, it's uh, engaging. It's uh, it's got a lot of uh, twists and turns and and uh, and uh, 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 drama and suspense. And so the whole family can go to the theater together and collectively enjoy the movie. Okay, thank you. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Good. Thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you. You played quite a few animated characters now, so what especially attracted you to the role of Hank? I loved the character of Hank because um, <clears throat> it's just a really hopeful character. You know, oh, sorry, I'm shaking my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, uh, it was just a really nice character to be because he, he really believes in himself and knows what he feels in his heart and he's very connected to that. So I really like that about him. Yeah, I like that too. I feel like 
kids and adults and anyone who watched this movie can draw inspiration from that type of character. And it's yeah. good that someone like a character from a movie will be able to do that. I agree. Yeah. And your character, Hank, is a lovable dog filled with wild dreams about becoming this great samurai. So can you relate to having like wild or crazy dreams of your own? Um, well, I mean, you know, when I was like a very young child, I wanted to be an actor. Um, so that was kind of my big dream, you know, and uh, I wasn't even thinking about it really very clearly because I was it was just like a kind of a child dream. Mm-hmm. But it was my big dream. And then I started to started to work as an actor and that kind of came true for me. So, you know, I mean, how old are you? I'm 14. And is this like doing interviews, something you want to do for your life? Yes, it's really like an aspiration of mine. Oh, well, that's amazing. Well, you've already accomplished <laughs> it. So that's so cool. I mean, you're 14 and you're doing what you uh, love. So that's fantastic. So our my first question is for Kylie. Your character, Emiko, is pretty brave for a young girl, and she's accepting, outspoken, and very lovable. So how do you find yourself being similar or different to her? Um, the amazing thing about Emiko is that she is so fearless, and she's like a ball of fire. And um, despite that she's so small, um, and even though other cats judge her or may not take her seriously, she will never back down from that kind of challenge. And she uses like all her skills, um, charms, and even her flaws to fight the battle. Mm-hmm. And she has very strong instincts and she has a so powerful determination and willingness to help Hank save the village. Yeah, she's just such a character that kids can look up to. Even adults can aspire to be more fierce and stronger in life. And I think that she's really going to be a fan favorite. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Miss Shim, you have such an extensive background in both acting and producing. So what was your experience like on this particular film? Um, It was, I was very fortunate that I came in on this on uh, the acting side of it. Uh, When you are juggling both creatively as a producer and also acting, it's a lot of hats to wear. And so it was really just fully embrace Little Mama and the characters and the world. And um, uh, Raminkoff, our director, was incredibly collaborative and very open to ideas and suggestions. There was a lot of riffing, a lot of jokes, a lot of in-character cat-isms, and it was a delight. It was absolutely a delight. I can tell, like, when you're listening to the voice acting, you can tell that all of you guys are just having so much fun playing these characters and bringing them to life. It's just so amazing that all the fans and audiences will be able to tell that as well. And this question is for the both of you. We can start with Ms. Shim. If you had to describe this movie in one word, what would it be? Acceptance. Acceptance. That's a beautiful one. Acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, hilarious and finding out who you are. <laughs> yes. I feel like those things, even though finding out who you are isn't one word, but it definitely really does describe this movie and how people will feel when they're watching it. It's a sense of, like you said, acceptance and finding out who you are and finding, you know, deep down, like the power within you. Yeah, embracing our differences and also finding our similarities within, because we are all the same. It doesn't matter out of appearances. Don't judge a book by its cover, Golden Rule of Life. And inside, we're all the same. Yes, that's such a beautiful message for audiences to take away. (laughs) Thank you both for speaking with me today.
Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I just talked with Michael Sierra, George Takai, Kathy Chim, and Kylie Puyoka about the new animated action movie, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We're talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Accepted, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And right now, we are listening to Micah's interview with the cast and crew of Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Hi, I'm Micah reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Asif Mamvi and Rob Minkoff about the upcoming animated martial arts comedy, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Thank you for talking to me today. You have mainly worked on live action films and TV shows. So how is working on an animated project like Pause of Fury different for you? Well, when you work on an animated show, um, you know, you they give you like a sort of a basic rendition or sort of drawing mm -hmm of your character. And so you kind of know, it helps you sort of figure out like, okay, how, at least inspire you, like how would this cat, you know, talk or, or express themselves and, 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 you know, so that's kind of fun. And then the animators will use what you're doing sometimes in the booth and use your facial expressions and stuff to like yeah. further animate the character and make it sort of feel more like you. And so you kind of work together in that way with the animators. And, you know, you are all by yourself in a booth often. Mm -hmm. Gabriel Iglesias and I actually did get to spend a day together uh, just improvising stuff and, and playing around. But mostly you're in your, by yourself. You're not with the other actors. So I got to see the movie, you know, like you did, like for the right. first time and got to see all the other performances. And so it was kind of super fun. And if there's one message you want the audience to take away from this movie, what do you think that is? I think it's got a wonderful message of uh, sort of overcoming prejudice, you know, mm -hmm. accepting differences, cats and dogs working together. You know, if cats and dogs can get their act together, then maybe we all have a chance, you know? Right. So I think, I think that um, it's, got a, it's got that wonderful message of like sort of, of community and working together and coming together and overcoming our differences. And, and, uh, and I think that's really important. And people, I think, also, it's just incredibly funny, like you said, and entertaining, and it's got great action sequences, and Sam Jackson playing a samurai, you know, so it's got, it's got, it's got something for everyone, you know? That's a great message, and I think audiences will take that away, and it's something that we need in this world today. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for speaking to me today, and thank I hope you. everyone enjoys the movie as much as I did. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking with me today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So I've read that this movie's inspiration was the 1974 film Blazing Saddles. So what was the significance of using cats and dogs to portray the storyline instead of people for this animated film? Well, I think that, you know, a, a, an animated film like this really is, is meant to be a fable, right? Which is a story about animals, but it makes these, these stories uh, and the themes of the story very universal, something that everyone can understand and relate to. Um, and so, you know, the idea that a dog would become a samurai in a world of cats, and of course they won't accept him because he's a dog, I think is what makes this sort of unique and a, and a great way to tell a story that I think is, a, you know, teaches a very important lesson for the world that we're in today. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like everyone can relate to it because at some point or another, someone has tried to fight for something that they've wanted and the use of these animals, it doesn't have to be just one person, it can be anybody. Exactly. So I think because of that, we can all relate to the story in the same way. Exactly. I've also read that both Norman Steinberg and Mel Brooks 
were a part of Blazing Saddles. So how did having these two gentlemen working on this film contribute to its authenticity? Well, you know, Mel Brooks is such an incredible, you know, comedy icon and, and genius uh, who I've been fortunate enough to get to work with before today, before this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having his sort of stamp of approval obviously is very meaningful to, to all of us working on the film. Uh, because we were trying to make a movie that was very much capturing the kind of style of comedy that he he did so incredibly well over his whole career in in many of the movies that he made. Uh, so you know this sort of irreverent tongue in cheek kind of parody uh, is really was was his stock and trade, and and you know that's that's the kind of style we wanted to 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 recreate for Pause of Fury. It definitely, it definitely did seem like a comedy to me. I found myself laughing a lot and also watched it with other people. And we definitely laughed at the same times. And it really, it's a lighthearted and enjoyable movie for anyone. Thank you. That's great to hear because that's really what the, you know, that's what we set out to make. So it's nice to hear that maybe it's working. Yes. I really enjoyed the story and the animation played a key role. All the fighting scenes and the action scenes really seemed authentic to the story. And I really enjoyed it. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for talking with me today. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I just talked with Asif Mamvi and Rob Minkoff about the new animated action movie, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, which comes out in theaters July 15th, 2022. Make sure you check it out. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the newest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, And to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening. you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.